0: Vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage. Truth and courage aren't always comfortable, but they are never weakness. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sup Witches. I'm your host, Lauren Coletti. Thanks so much for tuning in. It is Currently, Saturday when I'm recording, I'll be putting this out on Sunday, and I feel like I have so much to share with my beautiful listeners, um, and I hope everyone's having a great weekend. It seems like my life has really transformed in the last week (laughs) alone. So many shifts are going on, and for someone that struggles with anxiety uh, and mood disorder and everything, every lovely thing, Um, it can get pretty overwhelming. And as someone that's an INFJ, HSP empath, I get overwhelmed very, very easily. And it's a struggle. Any change is great, but it can also be very hard. Change is extremely difficult for humans to cope with because we get so comfortable in I don't know, a certain house, a certain job, a certain relationship, and change can be very intimidating and scary. But when you think about it, all of life is change. Nothing stays the same. Nothing is constant or stagnant. And as soon as we think we have control over something, life kind of jumps in and shows us who's boss. And that's the beautiful thing that I'm learning is that as a human being, as a mortal 3D physical being, I have very little control over anything, honestly. I can control my reactions, my behaviors and myself, but life itself is out of my control. And that somewhat relates to what I wanted to discuss in today's episode. As someone that is a survivor of trauma, had a lot of difficulties and challenges coping and getting used to things because even if you've never dealt with trauma, which I highly doubt because let's face it, we all have dealt with something that is hurtful or wounding. It's It really shapes us and it can shape us for the better or it can shape us for the worst. But either way, in many situations in our lives, we are left feeling helpless and powerless and out of control which can be super fucking triggering. So I wanted to talk about in today's episode something that was inspired by my amazingly loving and supportive boyfriend after listening to my last episode. I wanted to talk about how to love again and learning to trust yourself and others after you've been emotionally scarred. Now, this can be betrayal. This could be just being hurt. This could be after abuse of any kind. And for me in particular, I'm going to be talking about everything relating to toxic shame, uh, learning to trust after cluster B abuse or narcissistic abuse and complex trauma and emotional flooding and how to find the courage to love again after being hurt ultimately. All that good stuff. So this was inspired not only because of my boyfriend who is really teaching me how to be in a healthy relationship. And I I fully believe this is going to be an emotional episode for me. I'm already holding back tears. Hashtag cancer tribe. Um, my sensitive sisters out there, <laughs> you know the struggle. I'm already feeling very uh, emotional because being in a healthy relationship, the first healthy relationship ever after being in toxic, unhealthy, dysfunctional relationships is one of the hardest things I've ever done. For me, as someone that is an insecurely attached person, uh, I made Nick and I take those personality tests. I'm sure anyone in the mental health or psychology or behavioral science fields can relate. You always do those online quizzes and such, so. I was wondering what is Nick's attachment style and mine a hundred percent came back as avoidant attachment. And so I hypothesized that his would be anxious attachment or secure. And he had a little bit of both. And it's very interesting to me because avoidant attachment people tend to always date people who are anxiously attached. and this isn't an insult if you are one or the other. I'd say about 50% of us are actually securely attached and the other 50% of us are walking around with attachment wounds. And this stems from early childhood because when you think about it, divorce rates, or if you grew up in a one parent household, 50% of us are walking around with some sort of abandonment or attachment wound. And for me, avoidant attachment, well, I'll explain what it is. It's an attachment style that develops during early childhood, as most of our attachments do. And it tends to occur in children who do not experience a sensitive response to their need or distress. So children with an avoidant attachment style may become very independent, both emotionally and physically. And this can be a great thing. However, um, This ultimately leads people in adulthood to stop seeking closeness or expressing emotion. And for me personally, this has been very, very hard to deal with, um, especially in an anxious avoidant attachment relationship pattern. Now, it's interesting, this episode isn't going to be solely dedicated to attachment, but I would like to address this here. Since, if you've been keeping up with the podcast, I talk about this a great deal how my attachment and abandonment wounds have been immensely triggered in this relationship because my boyfriend is healthy. And as someone that is unhealthy, and I will admit this, I have a lot of unhealthy patterns and relationship dynamics because that's what I've been programmed and conditioned in my last relationships. And it's kind of been killing my ego lately because Nick is the type of person that knows how to give me my space. And if you are in a relationship with someone that's avoidant or has had a history of trauma or they have complex PTSD, my biggest tip for you would be to please do not push or pry things out of them because this was one of the biggest issues in my last relationship where I would become extremely triggered and emotionally flooded and I would dissociate and literally leave my body and just completely shut down in any type of argument or disagreement or conflict. It didn't even have to be a fight. It could just be something super little. And I would completely shut down and my ex-boyfriend would consistently pry and pry and say, tell me what's going on. Why aren't you talking to me? Get very upset, understandably, because it seemed like I was ignoring him when in actuality, I was just extremely emotionally flooded. And the term flooding is the extremely uncomfortable feeling of being overwhelmed mentally and emotionally. Essentially, our nervous systems have a lower threshold, meaning that we're more responsive to all forms of stimulation from sights to sounds to emotional cues. And this is similar to the window of tolerance you have. So during a conflict or a heated argument um, with your partner, it's easy to feel emotionally flooded. And in this state, it's more likely that you will say or do something um, that you might later regret, or you might, like me, just shut down at all costs and dissociate. So it's sort of like a riptide. You get this high and then this low. It's a typical fight or flight response. And it is a self-protective, self-soothing mechanism to kind of uh, keep yourself feeling safe. But in a healthy relationship, this really doesn't serve us. So Nicholas and I had a very vulnerable conversation the other night. And we're working on, well, really, I'm working on being more authentic and vulnerable because I have a tendency as an avoidant to push people away. I have these highs and lows of wanting to get close and then withdrawing and shutting down and going cold emotionally. And that's been something I've been struggling with lately is feeling very emotionally detached from our relationship. And... I talk about this in my last few episodes where I say, I feel like I don't care about this relationship as much as I should, and it's it's troublesome to me because I really love Nick, but I kind of don't care one way or another how the relationship goes, and I said, I feel like I would be just fine if we broke up tomorrow because I feel so emotionally detached. And this is a self-protective mechanism where our ego kind of chimes in and doesn't want to get hurt again or doesn't want to risk being letting someone in and them leaving. So it was bringing up a lot of feelings of shame in myself because I said to him the other night, I was like, this is really bothering me because I feel like the tables have turned. I'm someone that dealt with severe domestic violence. And on that hand, it was, I would say it was, you know, it takes two to tango and both people play a part in the relationship, but I would say it was mostly due to my narcissistic sociopathic ex, um, that the relationship was like 70, 30, but now I feel like with Nick and I, the relationship is 70, 30. I feel like I'm very toxic And part of the reason why I want to flee the relationship, so to speak, is because I'm worried that I'm going to fuck up my boyfriend. Because I would honestly say that one of the worst parts of my abusive relationship in the past wasn't so much the emotional or the physical abuse or the sexual abuse. Don't get me wrong. That shit was fucking horrific, but coming out on the other side and making it out alive of that relationship. One of the hardest things for me to forgive in both myself and my ex is how it really hampered my ability to love Normally, quote unquote, because there's a time in all of our lives when we're children, before we're exposed to uh, divorce and our parents fighting and substance abuse and mental illness and just all the craziness of the day to day world, where we are healthy. We have a healthy attachment. And, you know, this could have lasted us like two years before life kicked in, but there was once a point when we were all pure and innocent. And the way we were raised, has so much to do with our ability to feel loved and safe and feel like we are worth loving. And for me, before I started dating my psychopath ex, I had so much love to give. I had my heart on my sleeve. I was gullible and naive and sweet and innocent. And I feel like that innocence was taken from me in some way. Like the rug was swept from underneath my feet. And now I just A lot of the shame I carry is feeling so damaged, and perhaps you can relate where something or someone you feel had hurt you so bad that you feel you have too many skeletons in your closet and you feel like you have nothing to offer. And so many of the inner self-critical thoughts I have and this toxic shame coming back to is that I have no love left to give. I'm so broken, I'm so damaged, why would anyone ever wanna be with me? And I feel through being in a relationship with my now healthy boyfriend, I feel like I'm going to hurt him and that I'm going to bring him down. So part of my narrative and this inner story we tell ourselves for me is that I should just leave this relationship before it gets too deep, before I become too involved because I'm protecting Nick and I don't want to bring him down. And shame typically comes up when we look inward with a very critical eye and evaluate ourselves harshly for often things we have little control over. And this negative self-evaluation often has its roots in messages we've received from others, particularly in our childhood. But for me, my abusive ex was so critical. And he told me that no one would ever love me He told me I was the worst girlfriend in the world. There was nothing I could do that would be good enough for him. And Nick being so emotionally intelligent and just aware and sensitive, he's an HSP, y'all. I can tell you that. (laughs) I love it. But he said, you have struggle with saying no. And I sort of shut down in that moment because I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to address it. And he gave me the space and made me feel safe. And I was open and honest with him that when I said no to my ex, he would lash out and retaliate. And oftentimes, especially sexually, when I said no, it just didn't matter, he didn't care. And I felt like my voice was taken away from me and that's why I have so much stuck energy in my throat chakra because I eventually just stopped saying no, because it didn't matter. And he said, I realize now that when you feel you say no, it gets you in trouble or you hurt or disappoint people. So it was really interesting and emotional to discuss that. But I'm realizing I have to work on and heal this shame. And this relationship is so beneficial because it is quite literally forcing me to open my eyes to things I've stuffed down or felt I've worked on. And it's interesting. Do you ever feel like you've worked on or healed something and then another situation or experience will arise and you're just like, shit, man, I thought I solved this problem. Why does it keep emerging? And it's not that life or the universe tests us more so. It's that if something isn't fully healed, it will continue to reemerge and once we feel we conquered it or um, we feel that we've taken care of it, life will kind of be like, have you though? Like maybe you have like 70%, but there's still that other 30 and for me, this is so much about toxic shame and shame is normal. I'm sure everyone knows Brene Brown's work. If you've never heard of Brene Brown, please look her up. Um, but I don't know a single person that doesn't know her. Um, especially people that are like self-help quote unquote junkies and personal development people. Um, she does a great deal of work on toxic versus normal shame and guilt, and vice versa. So shame centers on your very identity as a person. And it becomes particularly toxic when it starts to impact your s- sense of self. So for me, toxic shame involves so many feelings of anger and self-disgust and less than other other less than desirable feelings. So I've, generally felt small and worthless, especially in romantic relationships because I feel I have nothing left to give. And I keep telling myself for some reason that I am such a bad person. And I feel like deep down my higher self doesn't believe this to be so because I'm under the impression that you can do something bad, but it doesn't make you a bad person. And this inner dialogue has continued to be a poison, I keep feeding myself, locking into a painful loop of negative self-talk. So when toxic shame lingers without resolution, the desire to hide from it or to escape from ourselves can lead to potentially harmful behaviors. Um, And if you listen to my episode with Aaliyah Lovely um, from Spiritual Shit, my energy coach, she said that I'm running from myself because she pointed out to me, you're in this relationship that is so different than what you've been used to historically. And I mentioned that Nick has every good quality that I wish I couldn't embody. I look up to him so much. Guys, he never fucking complains. He's never said anything bad about anyone or anything. And I guess I compare myself to him because I aspire to be like that. But she said, you are running from yourself because it's scary. And especially if you've been through a, if you've dated someone that was abusive or betrayed you, cheated on you. One of the hardest things about emotional abuse is that through a campaign, so to speak, of blame undermining criticism and gaslighting, you lose trust in yourself, at least with me. I lost complete and utter all specks of trust in myself, in that relationship. And as someone that is highly sensitive and empathic and intuitive, oftentimes growing up I was told you're too sensitive, you're too dramatic, you're over-exaggerating and it disconnected me from my soul. And this is part of the reason I believe that I have a difficult time tuning into spirit guidance and my angels. And as some of you know, I do consider myself to be a medium because I can connect with the other side, not on demand though. Um, But this is part of the reason because as children, we are very intuitive. We're very sensitive. We're very smart and inquisitive. But life sort of brainwashes us out of that, and we're conditioned to be logical and analytical and to not trust ourselves. So when we get into a relationship with someone that validates that through invalidating us, we lose trust in our perception and our feelings. And this is true even if you are aware of what is happening. I know so many people that have dated a narcissist or have been abused or... Anything You've just been in a dysfunctional dynamic, maybe in a toxic relationship with a codependent or you're both codependent. Google is our best friend, right? We'll look up signs of narcissistic personality disorder or we'll look up videos in YouTube and do all this research because we feel so out of control and our ex or our current partner makes us feel crazy that we need that sense of security as if, oh, I'm right. And we feel validated and comforted perhaps and I've met many people, including myself, who are aware of the tactics that their partner was using, but because of the effect of emotional abuse and the isolation that often coexists with an experience of abuse, it affected, it affected me anyway. And this can manifest in a few key ways. So we lose trust in our feelings because they have been so frequently dismissed. Um, equally, it may actually have been dangerous to express certain feelings such as anger. So for me, this is really affecting my current relationship because I often have a hard time being assertive or communicating how I feel because in the past when I would, there would be consequences. So this causes us to lose trust in our reality. And gaslighting is key here. When the other has control of what reality is, my ex telling me that I'm crazy, I'm wrong, I'm bad, that I'm the problem, not him, it frames reality in a way that doesn't allow for us to have our own perspective. And then we learn that we cannot trust our own mind, what we see, feel, think, and experience as real. So we take on this responsibility, we take on this guilt because we have been blamed so often for things that we couldn't reasonably be held accountable for. If you've been cheated on, perhaps your uh, partner that strayed blamed you, oh, if only you were pretty, if only you were thin, if only you had given me more sex, I wouldn't have um, had that infidelity. So we internalize the idea that we are less than other people and automatically take the one down position in relationships. So I remember saying to Nick the other night, I was like, I just can't understand. I don't wrap my head around why you wouldn't, you would want to like be with me because you could easily be with a girl who's prettier and shorter and skinnier and less emotional, like more mentally stable than me that doesn't have this, um, ghost. And That's shame right there. We feel, why would anyone want to be with me? I have X, Y, and Z wrong about me. And this becomes our identity. So we focus more on making sure everyone else is okay and happy before ourselves. And this is learned as a way of keeping us safe, keeping us in our comfort zone. But it causes us to lose touch with what we want and need because we're so worried about everyone else that we kind of take the brunt end of it. And a book that I would highly suggest checking out that I'm currently reading is a book by Jackson McKenzie, who wrote the book Psychopath Free, which explains how to survive dating a cluster B personality type. And this isn't meant to offend anyone in that cluster B um, diagnosis, but more so just explains The situation and it really validates people's struggle to understand the experience of toxic relationships. So, the book I'm currently reading is called Whole Again Healing Yourself, Healing Your Heart, and Rediscovering Your True Self After Toxic Relationships and Emotional Abuse. Highly would suggest this read. I'm on chapter like three and it's helped me so, (laughs) so much. But I just wanted to talk about. This stuff, because this is pretty much hitting very close to home, becoming aware of and open to our vulnerabilities. And as Brene Brown says, staying vulnerable is a risk we have to take if we want to experience connection. And leaning into love and connection can feel like going into battle without any armor, especially if we've been deeply hurt in the past. Early on, back in like what high school romantic love seemed to be so easy and effortless and I remember feeling so jealous of those people that would just date someone and they were happy and it just seemed to come like so easily for them for me that was never the case Um, and once we've been wounded we tend to triple the amount of armor that we need for the next round but too much body armor makes it hard to move freely and we can walk around stiff and overprotected and the purpose of this is to prevent people from quote unquote injuring us it also keeps us from being able to make um our own meaningful and uh, purposeful um intentional decisions in relationships because we feel helpless or we feel stuck so when we have gotten out of the relationship or we're on the other side and we've survived, it can seem like, oh, it's it's uphill from here. And this is what's been so discouraging for me is that it feels like a constant struggle and it's taking a long amount of time to heal and it's not natural or easy to do. So oftentimes we'll question, is it safe to trust after I've been betrayed or after I've lost so much trust? So often we will continue to keep walking around armored and believing that this is keeping us safe from heartache and pain. So we close ourselves off to the best parts of life, which include love and connection and deep relationships. And we fail to realize that even if we try to protect ourselves, we're still harming ourselves and losing out on life. And I get this because even though I am in a relationship that I consider to be happy, um, I continually find myself shutting out my boyfriend as a natural response to being hurt. So when other people hurt us, it's easy to close ourselves off from connecting with people in the future. And we build this cage around our hearts. and. Even though other people have hurt us, we keep ourselves trapped in an aim to prevent ourselves from feeling stupid again or saying to ourselves, Oh, I told you so, or I should have known. So what tends to happen is the more that we experience these harmful situations, the thicker that wall becomes. We tend to believe we're being smart and realistic when we close ourselves off from true intimacy. And that does logically make sense because why would we want to leave ourselves open to something that's caused us pain in the past? Humans are very smart and we tend to try to avoid pain and pursue pleasure to defend ourselves and we can become emotionally numb and go into protection mode. And this is fine for some time, but until we're actually ready to deal with the pain and go through the motions, we won't be able to form lasting Meaningful connections. And I can relate to this because I've been in so many situations where it was like a one time thing, or I would get involved with an emotionally unavailable or perhaps a bad boy, quote unquote, because I knew it couldn't go deep. I knew they were going to leave me. I knew they were going to lose interest, yada, yada. And it's comfortable and normal for us. It feels safe because that's what we've known. Um, But this can. exacerbate the issue. And it's kind of like pouring salt into a wound. Um, It just burns the crap out of us in the end. So rather than trying to heal, a lot of people just close ourselves off and we blame others and we crawl into this cocoon we've built for ourselves. And through this, we convince ourselves that the only way to, that's the only way to live because our past has taught us that it's too dangerous to be vulnerable to another person. But long-lasting, deep, real soulmate relationships, vulnerability is key. And whether we like it or not, it's important to understand that human connection is one of the most crucial aspects of a happy and fulfilled life. Um, And relationships are at the top of the food chain. And even though they can be hard to maintain at times, they're so important that we can't hide away from or ignore them forever. And I thought I was getting better at this, and I I guess I am because I'm still in my relationship and I haven't allowed myself to end it before it could become too serious. I haven't allowed myself to run away from it before I could be left. But it's quite apparent to me that Nick is very wise and feels that I've let him in uh, half-assed, so to speak, because he said, "Please." let me in, let me love you, I want all the parts, the good, the bad, the ugly, and this could be very uncomfortable for us to hear, especially if we haven't learned to accept the wounded parts of ourselves, so to speak. But it's important to be aware of the dangers of shutting people out and learning how to navigate the uncharted territory of being vulnerable in our relationships, because When someone fully sees us, they see past that armor, that protective wall of who we want them to see. It could be scary as hell. When we express our truths and our real self to someone, it could be, it could feel so dangerous because for me at least, when I was honest and uh, I want to use the word like sincere, a lot of times that was used against me. And it can lead us to feel embarrassment or humiliation. So we feel we have to pretend to be someone or something we're not. We feel we have to stuff down our truth. And Nick can see right past my bullshit. He's like, I see you and I love who I see. And yikes, man, if you deal with like... (laughs) self-esteem issues and self-hate and self-loathing. This could be one of the hardest things for us to hear, but I encourage you to heal it, hear it. And through hearing it and feeling it, we can continue to heal it. So I just wanted to shed some light on this topic. um, If anyone can relate please feel free to reach out. Leave me a voice memo through the Anchor app. Reach out to me on Instagram at Subwitches Podcast. Send me your show topic suggestions and questions and comments and hang in there. I know it's hard. I know we can do it if we just surrender and let go and release this identity we have around ourselves. We can fully lean into not who we were, in the past, but who we want to be and who we are continuing to become. And that is true bravery. That is true courage. It's not strong or cool to say, fuck feelings. I don't trust anyone and just remain a cold stone version of ourselves. That doesn't take any strength. What takes true courage is and true strength is to honor all the parts of us, regardless of the opinions of others. And once we become aware of these parts of ourselves, we won't feel the need to close ourselves off so quickly. We'll be able to throw out that old version of ourselves that no longer serves us and truly heal so that we can experience deep and lasting love again. And once we deeply and solidly love ourselves, we'll no longer need the approval of others. And vulnerability is hard to express because it involves accessing parts of ourselves that others may have disapproved of. But once we have a strong, firm sense of ourselves, it won't matter how others view you because you'll be aware of and open to your strengths, your weaknesses, your vulnerabilities. And this love that we're seeking, it could be different than what we've experienced in the past, but real healthy love is healing <laughs> and it allows us to open our hearts again. It's like a closed rosebud and I feel like through these positive experiences that I'm having with Nick, he's watering that closed ro- rosebud, metaphorical rosebud, and it's starting to open and blossom. And it's uncomfortable and it's foreign, but it's very necessary. So I hope that this resonated with you on some level. If this has helped you at all, please like, share, subscribe, um, and we'll do this together. I have some exciting news before I leave you here today. I got a job, a full-time job, which I'm so excited for. Um, It's an emotional support crisis counselor through Project HOPE, um, which is helping people who have had mental health struggles due to COVID-19. So I'm very excited for that. And due to this, next week is my last week off from my three-month soul-searching experience. So I'll try to upload three episodes next week and then thereby after I will do one or two a week just because I am doing a research study for school and on top of work and being in a relationship. So my podcast may come out less and less. So I want to make sure that they're of the highest quality and what y'all want to hear. So please feel free to reach out if you need support during this time. I want to build a community and I want you to know that you're not alone and I'm here for you. And we are all in this together. Also next week, my ebook will be officially launching. So I will have links to that once it comes out in the show notes. So I hope this was helpful. I hope you find the strength and the courage to not only allow others to love you, but to allow yourself to let go of the past, forgive yourself. And through that, we can move on and learn to heal and step into the highest version of ourselves that we are ultimately meant to be. And I hope you have a wicked day.